Till I'm standing with you in the sun, I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run until I finally see what you can see. Tears fall down 
that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now Welcome to 1C. Please rise for our first song.
Please be seated. I remembered to do that this service. I'm really proud of myself. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome here to 1C. It's so good to have you here with us, and we pray that God would richly bless us as we gather in His house. A few announcements to make. First off, I'm just going to kind of go in order of what they have here. First off, a prayer request. You can go ahead and get them in by texting at the number on the phone. And or on your that number up there is what I meant to say. So please do. I um, also want to say welcome to our guests today. If you are a first timer, you may also text uh, your text your one C guest to nine four zero zero zero. I hear there's a gift involved if you do that. So I'd encourage you to do that as well. And then also a note about communion today. We do have communion elements in the traditional way up here in front. There's also pre-made packages. If you feel more comfortable sitting in place, um, we can do that as well. So if you want to do that that way, I think they're available for you out in the commons area. And then uh, a couple of announcements that I need to make for you today. First of all, I'm going to tell you about the, uh, the trunk or treat coming up on... Uh, this is really creative this year, isn't it? It's actually on Halloween, and it's going to take place from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, Sunday evening, October 31st. Um, it's also Reformation Day, by the way, but uh, that's going to be happening on that day, 6 to 8 o'clock. And then also, you can't have a uh, trunk or treat without letting people know that candy donations are needed also. I always like to say the more candy, the better. Does anybody agree with that? Raise your hand and say amen if that's the case. Amen. That's called a southern kind of cultural thing that I just did, by the way. So uh, go ahead and do that. And, uh, and then also, there's a marriage date night coming up here at 1D, uh, Friday, November 5th, um, which is, which is kind of neat. It's for, for marriage date night. I guess that's for married couple who want to go on a date. And I've got a date that night, although it's for a rehearsal dinner as my daughter is getting married the next day. Um, actually, she's getting married to Pastor Burma's son, if you can imagine. So I always like to say that's either the closest thing or the furthest thing away from a royal wedding in our church body. Uh, probably opt for the furthest away kind of thing, because we all consider ourselves to be servants, don't you know? So uh, that's uh, what's going on there, and uh, we pray that God would richly bless us as we gather in His house. And I'm going to turn it back over to these fine people who are going to go ahead and sing. Don't they do a great job? Say thank you to them. Do we stand? Or is it okay they remain seated? You can remain seated for this. It seemed like we stood the whole first service, didn't it? <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. You know my job as a guest pastor is to make your pastor look good. So uh, that's good. <laughs> i 
Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us confess our sins before God. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. i 
Awestruck wonder At the mention of your name Jesus, your name is power Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. You may be seated, and as we give communion today, remember that if you're going to take it in the prepackaged packages, you can do that at any time during the distribution. And I get to tell you with great joy, the feast is ready. Come to the table.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior strengthen you and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace and in great joy. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come to you this morning with humble hearts as we bring our prayers to you, spoken and unspoken. Prayers for Sandy, who is battling COVID. For my family in Florida, who lost their son. Prayers for comfort during this difficult time. Father, we pray for all those who are grieving, and we especially lift up the Romano family this morning. A prayer for people that they can find forgiveness. For my son-in-law's father, who is dealing with back pain. A prayer for Sawyer. I just ask that you help him get through his difficult struggles that life is throwing at him right now. And for my grandma, that she has good x-ray results on her hip. I just ask this through Christ our Lord. Lord, I come to you in prayer this morning. I ask that you forgive me for my sins. And I ask that you'd be with me as I continue to do what's best for me and my son. I pray that I'm able to get my own place here in Columbus. And I also pray for my family that they start to come around and be more part of my life. I ask this through your heavenly name. Dear Lord, please provide comfort to all those who are searching for answers during this tumultuous time. Provide them peace and show them the way to go, keeping their hearts in your hands. Gracious God, as we come to your house, we check our burdens, our trials, our troubles at the door, and we step into your grace, mercy, and love. Thank you for hearing our prayers, and we ask for your intervention in our lives through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Hello, everybody. Good to see you guys. Hey, kids, it's time for the kids' message. So you can come sit on the floor down here. If you want to, you can. I'd like to see your face up be close. And look who I have helping me today. These guys look good, huh? Yeah, they do. Hey, um, you, buddy, why don't you tell everybody your name? Harry. Harry, nice name. And how about you? Share your name with everybody. Eden. Eden, also good name. Well, Harry and Eden, I ask you come help George today because I've got an important question for you. Do you want to go all in on a hovercraft spaceship with me? We will put all of our monies together 
You get your money from your adventure books. Hurry, Eden, you break that pink piggy bank. We'll put it all together. Spaceship, what do you think? No. What do you mean, no? Eden? No? Mm, not really. Whoa, kids these days. Okay, I got a new idea. Do you want to go all in on me with this? You're going to like this one. Swimming pool full of jello, green jello. We just jump in together, all in. What do you say? Not really. No. Harry, it's green. Come on, you love green. No? No. What? Why not, you guys? It's too sticky. Sticky? Sticky, my middle name. I love sticky. Okay, fine. Fine, fine. No, no. I got a real all-in question for you guys, okay? Will you go all-in on me? Oh, wait. All-in with me? Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. All-in with me for Jesus? Yeah. You will? Good, because I have no idea how to do it. I was uh, walking over here yesterday, and I hear some adults talking about something important, so I, of course, start listening in. Naturally. And um, they're saying something about going all in for Jesus, and I didn't really know how. They said, number one, you go all in for Jesus when you worship him, like love him and stuff. So, like, how do I do that? You guys know? You can go to church. Oh, that's worship? I didn't know that. Okay, I can do that. What do you think, Eden? You can sing with the songs and Ooh. listen. Okay, I can sing the songs with the people? Yeah. Okay, and listen, like, listen to, like, what? Listen to what the pastor says. What? I have to listen? I mean, I get to listen to the pastor's sermon. That, that's worship, huh? Okay, uh -huh. I can do that. What, the second question, though, the adults were saying that when you go all in for Jesus, then you also, you learn about him with other people. Do, how do I do that, you guys? What do you think? Go like all in with, with the people. How do I learn about Jesus? We got notes there or what? You can go to church. Feed George hamburgers. That's all now. That's, you better get on that. You can go to Wednesday night church. Oh, do you go to Wednesday night church? Yes. Who's your, who's your teacher? Miss Savannah, is she cool? Would I like her? Would she like me? Better question. I, yeah. I don't know. You don't know? Miss Savannah, hit me up. Okay. I'm just kidding. She's very cool. She'll like me. Um, Eden, what else can I do to, to learn about God with other people too? Well, you can read the Bible. I can. But, Eden, sometimes I don't read so good. The Bible sometimes has... Too big of words for George. What do I do then? You can read with a parent. Oh, my mom would like that. She, would, she can barely get me to sit down, you know. That would be a good idea. Thank you, Eden. You're welcome. Okay, but those adults, they say one more thing. They say that to go all in for God also means that you, you like, Tell the world about him, you know, you serve other people. How do, I, how do I do that? You can share toys. I can share my toys? Uh -huh. That's like sharing God's love, huh? Yeah. That's a good idea, Eden. 
I like that. Do you share your toys? Um, yeah. Whoa, you are a woman of faith. George, uh, what's your name? Harry? George? Harry George? Is your name George? I can call you George? I will, Harry George. Harry, George, person in front of me. How do, how do I tell the world about God, huh? You can tell them what you learned. I can tell them what I learned? Okay, like just, just be brave and like tell my friends about God like that? That's kind of scary. Do you ever do that, Harry? Sometimes. Sometimes? Do you get scared to do that sometimes? No? No. No, you're brave, huh? You're brave, heart. I can tell. Well, that was very helpful, you guys. Kids, I hope that maybe you can all help each other, too, like being all in for Jesus, because sometimes, you know, we really need each other. We need help, huh, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys good helpers today. Hey, will you will one of you pray for us and maybe we pray that we be all in and then we go home or do something churchy? Harry, you pray? Yeah. Okay, let's bow our heads. Dear God, help us go all in for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whoa! Great job, you guys. Hey, do you guys want to reconsider the jello pool thing? No. No, not even what if we dyed it pink, Eden? Um. Oh, she's thinking about it. You heard it right here in church. Okay, bye, kids. You can go back to your families and Eden in the back. We're going to talk about that jello. Well, again, good morning, everybody. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. First off, I want to compliment 1C on the improvement up here. I don't know if it's an improvement, but it's an update of some kind. I noticed they have kind of a stand set up here, reading desk, if you will. And I always wonder if that's so it'll keep me in one spot, so to speak. The other thing is, is that I don't know if it'll work, um, but we'll see what we can do as we go on. The other thing is, is uh, it's good to be here with you, and uh, one of the things I kind of joke about is, uh, well, my job is to make your pastor look so much more appealing to you, and uh, we, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. And today, I'm going to begin as part of a message that uh, the message says he is calling you. I should have called it, He is calling who? You. And you can kind of get the point as we're getting into there. But I'm going to go ahead and begin with a little bit of a story. And, and this, this kind of fits in with the all in for Jesus thing that was part of that wonderful children's message we heard just a little bit ago. And I'm going to hopefully kind of get into how that happens. But anyway, the story goes, you guys know what an optimist is? Somebody who always has a way of looking on the bright side of life. And then you also probably know what a pessimist is. And that's somebody who's always able to find the dark side, if you will. And this story kind of illustrates the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. And it's going to deal with a man who is a pessimist. His name was Frank. 
okay? And uh, he had a really good friend that was an optimist whose name was Sam. These two men were farmers, and just by way of aside, we give thanks to God for farmers because they're really busy harvesting at this time, and we pray that their harvest will be able to get to where it needs to go without too much problem, and especially without too much cost these days. And uh, so that's one of those pessimistic things, you might say, that I'm looking at. But anyway, so we have two farmer friends. They were named Frank and Sam, Frank being the pessimist, Sam being the optimist. And one day, uh, you know, or, or just an example of what would happen, Sam would come up to Frank and he would say, hey, Frank, isn't it a beautiful day today? To which Frank would reply, we don't get some rain, crops are going to dry up. Anybody know anybody like that, by the way? Um, then, or, or Sam could come another time and say, boy, Frank, isn't it a wonderful rain we've had here? And of course, to that, Frank would reply, don't stop raining soon, crops are going to wash away. And so there was no way to please Frank, except one thing that did was he shared a love of hunting with Sam. And so Sam and Frank would always compare techniques. They would always show each other their equipment, their rifles, and all that kind of thing. And then one day, Sam got himself what he considered to be a really fine, special hunting dog. And he comes to Frank and he says, oh, you've got to see this dog. Here he is. What do you think of him, Frank? Oh, what a mangy mutt, <laughs> right? And that's kind of what he said. And he says, well, you wouldn't believe how good this dog listens. And so he says to the dog, says, go fetch, dog. And he throws a stick and he goes out and grabs it and brings it right back. And not only brings it back, but, but you know, kind of humbly puts it right in the palm of his hand. And of course, says, what do you think of that, Frank? And Frank says, that ain't much to me. Well, just watch this. Then he throws a ball. He goes and he fetches it right away, brings it back, gets about 10 feet away, and bounces it to him perfectly. Uh, it's not anything either. He said, well, watch this. And he takes a stick. And see that pond over there? I'm going to throw this stick out in the middle of the pond. Watch what this dog can do. Throws it out there. And sure enough, the dog goes running out. Stays on top of the water, mind you. Runs on top of the water to go get that stick and bring it back. He says, well, what do you think about that? Mangy dog can't even swim. <laughs> and so it's always kind of one of those things. It points out there's optimist, there's pessimist, and which do you think Frank was? Well, I always like to say that when we get into the church or when we get into any situation... We know that there's those kind of issues at stake. There are some that tend to look at things on the good side, and there's people that tend to look at it on the bad. I would ask, which are you? But I don't think I want to do that. might get us in here too long. But we can also say that probably we all go through our different seasons in life. Now, I'm going to point out just a little bit in the reading that we're going to have from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, that I believe there's optimists here and there's pessimists, and they make up the same people, if you will. And another thing is, is they learn, they're changed 
about what it means to be, in the words of our children's message today, what it means to be all in for Jesus. Now, I want you to listen to this. It's the story about the healing or the restoring of sight or the giving of sight to a man by the name of Bartimaeus. And it's a story of blind Bartimaeus, and is what we tend to call it. And it comes from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Hear these words. Then they came to Jericho. This would be Jesus and his disciples. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So far, our reading for today. Now, as you hear that, I want you to know that there are more than just one miracle in this passage. And one of the things you can say is certainly there was a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus that was healed of his blindness. That is, he was given the gift of sight by our Lord, okay? That's miracle number one, and we certainly don't want to overlook that. But then there's a different miracle that we can look at, and that is how those who followed Jesus were changed in this. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting that right at the beginning of this reading, we're told very simply at the beginning of it, they came to Jericho. That is who? Jesus and his disciples. But then you just go one more little line or one period later, you hear as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, that is Jesus and his disciples walk in and a large crowd follows him out. And that's always because of the activity that Jesus is doing when he visits these cities, including Jericho. And what was it that Jesus would do? Well, he would go around and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
He would also just repeat the kingdom of heaven is near, but he was also doing all kinds of miracles, if you remember. He was healing the sick. He was even raising the dead. He was restoring the sight of those who were blind, made obvious in the story of Bartimaeus. He restored the hearing of a man who was deaf and mute. He was casting out demons, and the list could go on and on about the miracles that Jesus performed. And sure enough, it's one of the reasons there was such a large crowd who was following him. Those who had been healed knew that Jesus was something very special. And if somebody does something good for us, then chances are we're going to be attached in many special ways. And so this is another kind of thing. Not only did Jesus heal a blind man here, but he had healed a whole lot of people that continued to follow him and were going to continue to do so. It's kind of interesting that even though they wanted to, it's neat that Jesus gives us individual callings within life. So to speak, to be all in for him means not just to follow him and try to stick close to him and, and, and hear what he says and learn from what he says, but it's also to go out and be about applying what he says. It's an example in Mark chapter 5, just about halfway to Mark chapter 10. Isn't that wonderful? And there's this scene in Mark chapter 5 where Jesus gets out of a boat and he encounters a demon-possessed man among the tombs. And we turn out to find out that the name of this demon is Legion because there's many of us, Right? And we also know that Jesus would take Legion and throw him into a herd of pigs and they would run off into the lake and they would drown. And so when the young man was in his right mind and was in his senses, this miracle had been done. He wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to stick with him. But do you know what Jesus told him? You're not going with me, but I want you to go and tell everyone what the Lord has done for you. And so we're told the young man goes and speaks to all the cities of the Decapolis and all of his friends and relatives and neighbors about all the Lord had done for him. So it's interesting for Jesus to heal us is to have him call us. And the reason he calls us is so that he might give us some tremendous gifts, gifts of life and salvation that comes to us as he came from God himself in order to teach us the way of salvation. But not only was he going to teach us the way of salvation, he was going to be the way of salvation. Come follow me, he would say to his disciples, and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me and, and you will receive gifts, you will receive rest for your soul, is what he says in the 11th chapter of Matthew. And even more so, he says, he calls to us, he calls you, he is calling you to come and be fundamentally changed, if you will. 
Okay, so we know that there's a crowd following the disciples and Jesus out of Jericho. We know that there's a blind man who is healed. But we also remember the change that came over those who were following Jesus. And this is why I would change my sermon title. He is calling who? He is calling you, they say to Bartimaeus, but who was Jesus really calling here? For we're told that as he comes by, Bartimaeus learns that this is Jesus of Nazareth, right? And because he had heard about Jesus of Nazareth, why? Because people were saying all the great things he was doing. And so in his desperation, He had come out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And by the way, I always like to call this the most powerful of prayers, if you will. Why? Because it's prayed in faith. He knew who Jesus was, but also because, well, he knew that Jesus could do something for him. And so, what did Jesus do for him? Well, he said, uh, told the people. And by the way, what did the people do when the man kept calling on Jesus? Do you remember? They rebuked him. They were annoyed at this man who was haranguing the Savior. And then what did they do? Well, Jesus, even though the crowd rebuked him, the man called out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And by the way, it's one of the most beautiful prayers of the Bible. Not very wordy, and yet we're told that it was one of the most concise and precious words that our Lord likes to hear. And so after Jesus hears him cry out the second time, He tells the crowd, presumably the same people that were aggravated with the man, he says, call him. And did you notice how their tone changed, if you will? They said, what what do they say to him? He says, cheer up. On your feet, he is calling you. Quite a miracle, don't you say, of going through having this disdain for this man to going to actually cheering him up. And that is the real miracle of what happens here. Oh yes, Bartimaeus received his sight. Oh yes, people were healed and ended up following Jesus. But even though those people were aggravated with this beggar that kept on begging, if you will, Well, Jesus reaches out to him through them, and so who was he really calling? It's interesting that God effects a change in us. Poor Bartimaeus, because of his blindness, he was relegated to begging. And because he was a blind beggar, well, he was really good at getting on people's nerves, 
Well, I always like to say that we're blind beggars when you come right down to it. We are blind, spiritually blind, not able to discern truth from error. We are those who have born in a relationship separated from God, except we would be restored to that relationship through Jesus. A miraculous healing has been done on us. And it's always wonderful that even though we're fully saints, we're also fully sinners. And we still know as blind beggars, how to be aggravating to other people, right? Just try living with somebody else these days. Just try dealing with people on the road and we can become aggravated. But did I tell you God's in the change business and he changed us fundamentally when he sent his son Jesus into the world, right? The one who took our sins upon himself and bore them even to the cross that we might be forgiven, that we might be set free, that sight might be restored and hearing be given, if you will, so that we might hear the good news of what Jesus has done for us. But he also calls us, doesn't he? Come and receive forgiveness, but come and give forgiveness as well. Come and be changed in your relationship with God, but let that change you in the way you live your life. So when the people say, listen, he is calling you, we might re respond with, he is calling who? He is calling you and me and everyone for whom Jesus has made a difference. I always like to tell the story of uh, one of those emails that I got a number of years ago. How many of you remember when email first came out? Everybody was emailing each other jokes like crazy. And it was like, boy, I've got something new and unique here. And what you find out that all of these messages had FW colon, FW colon, and they just went on and on and on. And so everybody was sharing this stuff with each other. And one of the best ones that I've ever got, and I've forwarded it a hundred times, and I bet you I've preached on it a hundred times, but it tells a story of what happened after the big fire that was in Yellowstone around 1988. And it said that about a year later, and the reason this interests me so much, it was the year I got married, and me and my wife honeymooned at Yellowstone and Grand Tetons, right? And so we go out there and we see all the fire damage. Well, I'm also told not long after that, that I got an email, after I got email, of course, that uh, I got this email about something that happened after the Yellowstone fire. It would seem that a team from National Geographic went into the place where the fire burned the biggest. And sure enough, this, this survey team, this, this uh, documentary team were going in and they were trying to kind of take notice of all the damage that had been done and they were taking a photo essay of it. And so they come along, and then one of the most haunting things one of the investigators tells us about is when they came across the charred remains of a bird. It was statuesque, almost beautiful the way it was sitting there, and it was holding its head high almost as in victory. And then one of the 
the photographers took a stick just to kind of see what was all about. And as it moved, the bird tipped over and out from under it came scurrying a whole bunch of little chicks, if you will. This bird had died protecting her young ones. And when it told us about this in this email, it would say, being loved this much should change you. And I thought about that, and I'm thinking about what Jesus did for us on the cross. I'm thinking about what he did that led people to follow him. And even though we're saints and also sinners, there's something that tells me something very important. That being loved as much as Jesus loved us, it should change us, shouldn't it? It should change us from being both optimistic and pessimistic to knowing that He makes all things work for the good of those who love Him. He makes all of us know that even though it seems as if we die in this world, we have an opportunity to live the victory that He has won for us. And part of that not only is the physical and spiritual healing we receive from Jesus, but it's the change that he makes in us as well. It's neat how the crowd that followed Jesus managed to be annoyed still with somebody who was a beggar. But when Jesus called him, notice how the crowd warmed up. They went from rebuke to saying, cheer up, get on your feet, he is calling you. And to that I have to say, he's calling who? Or do you say it whom, by the way? He is calling whom? He is calling you and me and for all of us to have that wonderful change in our lives. God grant it to all of us in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in true faith in Christ Jesus, even unto life everlasting. Amen. This time let's confess our common Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Let's confess our faith. Please stand to do so. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles if you've been hearing the same old voice to the same old lies if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside there's a better life there's a better life if you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom or saving He's a prison shaking savior If you got chains Well he's a chain breaker We've all searched for the light of day In the dead of night We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. You need freedom or saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. You believe it. If you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it. Receive it. You can feel it. Somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, you receive it. You can feel it. Somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. You need freedom, saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom, saving. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Have a great week, everybody. You got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker.